What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 16 of Press YYZ, a video game podcast. This is your one-stop shop where we bring you all the best video game news and discussion with a uniquely Canadian twist. You can find us on Twitter at Press YYZ, where we appreciate all feedback you may have. We record this show in front of a live digital audience every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash pressyyz. This week, we're going to talk about what the near future of next gen is going to have in store for all of us. When are we going to get those sweet new game announcements, as well as some fresh new release dates? Finally, we'll wrap things up with Video Game Rehab on a series that I hold real near dear to my heart, Halo. I'm your host, baby boy Alex Ballant, joined by the creator of all the docs, Mitch George. My internet hates me tonight, so I apologize in advance. Great. We're in for a real <laughs> good show, guys. Uh, the Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm also joined by Head in the Clouds and the master of the innuendo, AJ Fraser. Tony Hawk, more like giant innuendo. Nailed it. Yeah, uh, the, nice. The French... <laughs> I'm also joined by the French Connection and the master of all the buttons, Alexander Cozina. Uh, I don't have any follow-up to this innuendo talk, but I do have a follow-up to the internet talk. I uh, optimized uh, OBS so that we shouldn't crash as much this time. Oh, fantastic. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, we recorded oh. the... Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake spoiler cast this weekend, and the episode itself was great, uh, but our recording dropped out a couple times, so I worked to fix things. That's perfect. And uh, speaking of that Final Fantasy cast, it is available now on all podcast services, but uh, but just I'm saving the best for last when it comes to our hosts, Nathan McInerney, who I don't have a nickname Ooh. for today. We but got I got it. your name. But I got your name right, so I think that makes We're getting it better at the name. That's worth it. You know what? That's worth it. You know, I'm like the and at the sitcom when you're doing the TV intro because I'm that important. I don't mind. Yeah, whenever you, oh, yeah. whenever you get credited with the and, you it means that you're a very important name. So, yeah. So, how's everybody doing? What have we been up to this week? Did anyone Stadia! die? Stadia. Whoa. Stadia. You're the only person who's ever been excited for Stadia. Please go on. I listen. I hear in the kind of funny community somebody started a Stadia podcast and. I have not listened to it yet, despite Is being it you? the sole voice for Stadia. No, it's not me, surprisingly. Are you going to be um, leaving us for that podcast? I have Are considered you it. Are um, I, I have not received any offers yet, um, but, uh, you know, I also I have not reached out, so <laughs> that's probably it, it, on me. Is the person who found this podcast called Stadia Stanley, and does he have a Stadia logo for his, like, uh, user picture profile? No, I don't sure? think so. Maybe, probably Does, not. Do all of his tweets say "sponsored by Cedia" at the bottom of them? Each one of these podcasts should. I'm yeah. yeah I, if they point. want to, by Does all means, his, let's get that Does his location money. on Facebook and uh, Twitter list Google's headquarters? He's not using Facebook. He's using Google. No uh, what was it Google Plus? Google Hangouts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Google, Google Plus. Plus back in the day. That was a fantastic service. <laughs> oh yeah. Another Never service um, that they pulled the plug on too soon, just like Stadia. <laughs> Uh, in yeah, all fairness, yeah. they let Google Plus go on way too long. That was not something they pulled the court on too soon. They they tried so hard, but um, no. Anyway, um, I I just brought up Stadia because I always do first and foremost. But you know, I I found it to be a very good like I don't have a very good laptop, and I find it to be a very good way to play games. That uh, as long as I'm in a place where my internet can handle it, a very good way to 
just play a more modern looking game um and i also found that grid the racing game um is a very good podcast game because podcasts and driving go hand in hand so podcasts and driving video games should also go hand in hand and they do so who else who else has been you know neglecting their podcast feed since quarantine started because i know mine at this point is probably like 45 hours of content i haven't listened to at this point mine's somewhere like that um it's 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 like 300 podcasts I haven't listened to apparently because I'm used to having at least Jesus. at least an hour uh, draw commute per day and um, usually closer to two hours commute with the way I drive and I listen to them at 1.8 speed <laughs> to get through them quicker so oh wow so so mm-hmm. I recommend booting up a race uh, not necessarily not a just any sort of driving video game and put it on in the background and just just drive hmm. I, I highly recommend that I, uh, I I don't drive very often. When I usually drive, though, I find that I can't really concentrate very well whether or not I listen to podcasts or music. I tend to listen to most of my podcasts at home, so I'm actually pretty caught up with regards to most of that stuff. Uh, but there's always new stuff to listen to. So I haven't been playing any racing games, but I did sink a bunch of time this week into Streets of Rage 4. Ooh. Oh, I've my God. Things about this that. Game I pretty... did watch the stream that you were on. With a Did you? Friend of, okay, yeah, great. I watched a very, I watched a little bit of it while I was uh, while I was playing Fire Emblem, and uh, you were surprisingly not the one talking all the time, for once. Yeah, I know, because it wasn't my stream. I was being respectful. It's his place, uh, but no. Shout out to Spooner, yes. um, part of that kind of funny Toronto community. Uh, I've been jumping into his Twitch chat a lot, and he was super excited for this game. So his excitement sort of rubbed off on me and i picked up the game and we streamed it a bit earlier this week and it was it was a blast it it the the hand-drawn animations all the like all of the sprite work is is hand-drawn it's beautiful it looks amazing lots of really nice throwbacks to some of the older games which i was not familiar with that he is super familiar with and it was just a blast we had such a good time uh it's one that i'm gonna get back to i have at least one bugged out trophy right now which is going to haunt me for the rest of my life so I will not get the platinum, I'm assuming. But Ooh, hate that. it's oh, not man. one I was going to get anyway because I'm not that good at beat-em-ups. But it was nice to just play an old-school kind of beat-em-up. And this actually leads itself into a fan question we got on Twitter from Assemble underscore Show on Twitter. What is one game you and a significant other would or have sat down and played during this quarantine or in the past? Any suggestions for something that both people can enjoy, even if they're not really a gamer? And my game with my fiance now is going to be Streets of Rage 4, I think. She loves those old style, just very simple controls, beat em up kind of gameplay. And I think we're going to play a bunch of it over the next couple of weeks. It's just our hangout game. It's going to be great. Do you guys have anything like that? Anything you'd suggest to the audience? Uh, there's this game that I've played a little bit of, and it's called Animal Crossing. It's great to play. With what's your, your hour Of course you'd say Animal Crossing. What's your, what's your hour count at this point now? So I checked right before the podcast. I don't think it's as much as last week. I'm up to 360 now. I heard that's a very good console. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I'm done with Animal Crossing at this point. Yeah, me too. I haven't played it in like a week and a half. Probably more. I've been out of it for at least three days, and I feel liberated at this point. I I, it, I bought great. one inven- I bought one inventory of nips this week. Um, and can we call them turnips, I've been, please? I've nope. Never. I've still been tracking all week um and it was teasing me at the start of the week that it was going to be a giant spike (laughs) but now all of a sudden it seems to be constantly decreasing Uh. (laughs) uh 
fuck this game. So if anyone's got turnip Oof. connections, hit up AJ on Twitter at Times Hero. Help him out. Capital T, capital H. So anyone else got any games you'd play with your significant other in quarantine? Theirs was Overcooked, which I think could just end relationships during this. Uh, I, I don't know that this is a game This is a game that I would play now, but way back in the day, I had my sister help me out with a lot of the later levels in Super Mario Galaxy 2. She played the, you know, disgruntledly named girlfriend mode in that game where oh, yeah. you were, like, manipulating objects and paralyzing boulders in place and whatnot, and she was greatly helpful. And in, in retrospect, I probably didn't express enough appreciation for her helping me out. So uh, I just want to say thank you. We should call her right now and tell her. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let me do Are that. Are we bringing back no, the bit no. of calling significant no, others not. and family members while they're in the same building? No. When, when we if do that's our the case, 100th, I'll get my mom a call. We'll bring it back when we get to our 100th episode. That will be the way that we celebrate. All right, all right. The only game I play with my significant other is stay six feet apart and don't touch each other, which is not a problem for me because I'm massively unloved. That sounds like a terrible game. Oh, I'm, we really, love you know, you. I'm really, I'm you know, really we love you from at least six feet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm really sad about it. But you know what? I'm not sad about. What's that? Halo 2 Anniversary came out on PC, and I played because it because of course it did. I have already. So I hadn't played the Master Chief because Steam does a really cool thing where it, it tracks how much time you put in a game in the last two weeks. Uh, Steam has just really good trackers for how long you put time into all of your games. It's actually an accurate counter, unlike the Nintendo Switch counter. Um, but I so I hadn't played any hours before Halo 2 Anniversary came out. I have eight and a half already. I'm, and that was just from when it unlocked last night. I played it basically all night. Uh, I've been up all I've been up all night, and then I had an obligation this morning, so I went to that, and I've been up since then because I knew if I went to sleep, I would miss this very lovely podcast. So I'm really tired. So when's the but last hey, time you slept? Uh, I yesterday I woke up at eight p.m. Okay, that's not. So you bad, need but, help. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, everything sucks right now. So I've almost been up for 24 hours, probably. Um, so this is going to be a great I, show. Yeah, I really wanted to be on this episode, though, because we're going to be talking about Halo. But <laughs> Halo 2 Anniversary is so... It's so good. It's beautiful. I've played it now. I have a 1080p monitor, and I also have a 4K TV. I've played it on both of those. It looks... Halo 2 Anniversary looks beautiful in 4K. It runs really, really well at unlocked frame rates because one of the problems with when Halo 1 came out is if your frame rate was above 60, your aim would start to get affected by it. I, there was some bug with the, the game hmm. where Halo 2 seems to be devoid of that problem, which is awesome. That means I can run it at 140 frames, and it's, it's so good. It's available in Game Pass. Play Halo 2. It's one of the greatest first-person shooters. Hmm. How... how have you gotten to a part with those nightmare sniper jackals yet? I haven't played campaign yet because I want to stream it. I've only been playing Fair multiplayer. Enough. And the multiplayer is just... Halo 2 is the fastest Halo, and it's so good. Like, I, I love it. Um, did you guys know I like Halo? What? <laughs> you don't, what's Halo? You with Halo, Nathan with Animal Crossing, Co oh, or, uh, AJ with Stadia, Cozy with Easy Platinums, me with... Pokemon, Pokemon, I guess. Po yeah, Talk Pokemon about that and Power Rangers. Pokemon and Power Rangers. That is my brand. Yeah. Yeah. I do love yeah. Power Rangers as well. <laughs> We've all got our things. 
But yeah, I uh, I mean, just a little bit of a just a little bit of a tease of what's coming up later in the show. Besides more Halo talk, is I'm going to actually kind of go into a little bit of detail why Halo means so much to me because I've been thinking about this quite a bit, and I actually think I've got a really good answer for that. So awesome. stay tuned okay. for that. Cozy, anything mean a lot to you this week? Yeah, what else have you guys been doing? Uh, yeah, I, I'm playing and watching a lot of things. The two things I want to talk about today are Final Fantasy uh, 13 and Core. I almost said Final Fantasy VII Remake, which I was previously playing, and once I completed Final Fantasy VII Remake, I was like, you know what? It's been a real long time since I last played Final Fantasy XIII. I beat it, I grinded a lot after it, and then I abandoned it just when it seemed like I was going to go the final 10% to get that Platinum. And man, I was hoping that it would take a relatively short amount of time for me to get that platinum but it seems like i still have a lot of grinding to do uh a lot of people don't particularly love this game they view it as a overly long overly linear slog fest yep. and i mean i don't disagree with them on parts of that game uh, i will say though there is a lot of really neat stuff to it i think that its battle system while inferior to fall fantasy 7 remakes has a lot of the DNA that we would later see in that game. And so I do want to tip my hat to this game for kind of coming up with some of the concepts that its successors would take from. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, Final Fantasy thirteen. <laughs> isn't that the uh, one? Isn't that the one that they said gets really good after like 30 hours? I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I wish so good they made a better. sequel. Uh, you know what? Uh, in defense of 13-2, it's way better than 13 I hated. Oh well, I hated I, thirteen. So and I love thirteen too. I, I don't want to get into a big discussion right here and right now because I figure that who knows this might be something we might revisit at some point in the yep. future. Uh, what I will say about thirteen is um, I once read a really interesting academic article about Final Fantasy thirteen that kind of pointed out how the whole plot of Final Fantasy thirteen is that everybody lives in this uh, bubble-like world called Cocoon above this wild and terrifying world called Pulse. And in Cocoon, everybody's lives are sort of led along by a string by these godlike beings. Mm -hmm. And so they were basically saying how, like, it makes sense that when you're inside Cocoon, the entire adventure is largely linear because it's sort of reflecting the kind of existence that everybody lives there. And when you get down to Pulse, which is where the game significantly opens up, it makes sense that it would open up because Pulse is just a wild zone where there are no laws or rules. Uh, I still think that at the end of the day, that doesn't forgive the game's larger issues, but it was an interesting thing that kind of got my mustache twirling as I read it. Uh, the other thing that I also have been dabbling in a little bit, and I don't have much to say about it today, I'll probably have much more to say about it next week, is Core. Uh, this is the one of those create-your-own-game uh, kind of games, and the reason why I got into it is because recently Core announced that they were going to be collaborating with Kind of Funny on a game jam. Uh, and if you remember, uh, a few months ago, I put out the... Uh, second ever Casino for Kind of Funny Direct, where I talked about some of the projects I would want to do with Kind of Funny if I were to be selected as their up-and-comer. And one of the projects I proposed was a game jam, uh, albeit using Dreams rather than Core. Uh, and so when I saw this, I'm like, well, I feel like considering that I was somebody who proposed this sort of idea, I'm kind of obliged to uh, create a game of my own, given the parameters put forth by Core. Uh, so look forward to that Ooh. over the next few weeks. The deadline is at the beginning of June, so I have a bit of time, but also I want to make sure that I don't leave things till the last minute either. 
That sounds awesome. Yeah, that sounds yeah, great. Very exciting Thank to you. see what you can come up with. Yeah. Anyone want to hear my story of the IKEA desk from hell? One million percent. Okay, sorry, <laughs> not not a desk. It was a dresser. So in February, I decided I was going to replace an older dresser with a new one. I went out. I bought everything from IKEA. Actually, not not true. My mom wanted the dresser back that I had because it was part of a set she was trying to get rid of. So she bought me a dresser. It sat just in my living room for months because who puts together IKEA furniture right when they get it? Those kind of people are monsters. Really? So are you calling my wife a monster? Well, no, just everyone else. Okay. That's acceptable. No, I'm just calling myself a lazy ass and trying to come up with an excuse. So I decided a couple weeks ago while in quarantine alone that I would try to put this Ikea thing together. Oh, yes, yes. That was a mistake because as I tried to put one piece of the dresser onto another piece of the dresser, the whole thing collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> totally destroyed this one side of the dresser. I had to get on the phone with Ikea text or Ikea customer support, deal with that for like three hours, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They say, okay, we're going to send the part. I don't hear anything for like two and a half weeks. And then just randomly get a phone call from a courier being like, hey, we dropped your part off. It's like, what? <laughs> from, like, from a customer service perspective, it doesn't make any sense. Like, tell people when their shit is coming. No emails, no nothing. It was just a random phone call from a guy on a Tuesday. But I got the piece, and we put the dresser together, and now it works great. But for, like, two and a half weeks there, I just had a bunch of IKEA pieces just laying around in my living room. So now there's just so much more room for activities. It's great. Like what type of activities? Wow. Uh, well, Carmen just finished up a yoga class, remote yoga class with her work with her uh, gym. Um, I was going to get back in a ring fit adventure, and that's the right space for me to do that in. So yeah, we have room to do things in front of our living room table now, which is nice. And I have somewhere when, to put my clothes that is not the floor. When Carmen builds you a computer, uh, you should look into investing a uh, in a VR headset and get full room a full room setup for it. But I've got PSVR. Why do I need another one? Yeah, because it might be better. But it might you can't be get better. you can't get a game that we're going to talk about later on other VR headsets, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> teasing for laser. What 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 news came out this week around PSVR? I don't know. Nothing nothing specific or exciting. Well, speaking of news, I think that's a pretty good segue because unless anyone else has anything else they'd like to add, um, no. Wait wait I do quickly oh maybe okay uh i just want to say that i reviewed super mega baseball 3 and it's excellent and you should go play it and you should check out the review at ps4blog.net so all right go ahead sorry okay keep going oh yeah no no worries um i think uh with that we can transition into the news i'm going to give myself a pause for the theme song ready set go drop perfect way to break the okay. fourth wall and tell everyone what we're doing because see that's that's, that's don't cut that of, part that out. Was, live yeah, that was part podcasting the, everybody that was part of the joke okay so with um the news because mitch puts together the doc every single week and he chooses most of the stories i'm gonna let him take over for the news it has nothing to do with you having no sleep 100 percent. no i am perfectly fine I will say, though, uh, for last week and this week's show and for probably all of moving forward, I do have, you know, Mitch's little helper on the news. So shout out to Monarchy, who's been helping out with putting together some of these news stories. Oh, I Very thought you much were talking about it. something else when you said Mitch's little helper. No, no, no. She's listening on the couch. 
Yeah, it's like, is this like your weird elf that helps you build the toys that you no, bring to everybody? No, it's a wonderful member of our community that helps me when I miss stuff. A and that's why the news member. is like 45 articles this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First story, we've got a digital game showcase roundup. We had a bunch of new stuff get announced this week. First yep. of all, being that Unreal Engine 5 is a thing. And it looks yep. amazing. And Sony hasn't had to advertise the PlayStation 5 once, and they've shown more gameplay than Microsoft for the Xbox. But I'll digress. Yep. So most of this information yeah. being pulled from gamesindustry.biz from Rebecca Valentine. And yeah, Unreal Engine 5 looks dope. Game developers are going to make it look amazing. I cannot wait to see what WB does with the next Batman game because we all know what's going to happen. It's going to happen in this engine. And I'm going to be so, so happy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, AJ, you wanted to talk a bit about how Microsoft kind of dropped the ball on their info dump and yeah. why epic seems to have done it the right way yeah i mean so so they yeah uh go figure My, microsoft drops the ball and then something sony related picks it up immediately and runs with it um yeah last week uh microsoft's presentation was uh they, as as aaron greenberg said uh they they made the um they set the wrong expectations for what it was. Um, yeah. Alex, I think you were going to look up the definition of uh, gameplay. That was uh, going to ever... be... I didn't do that for the episode itself. I just literally... Because like, I thought it was more fitting that when Mitch... Because Mitch said in, la- in last week's episode, he was like, I'll leave a pause there unless nothing happens. And so I just thought it was like perfect that there was nothing that happened. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, I mean, we, they saw, have a very, we saw an they engine have a very, of AC Valhalla. Loose, but... They have a very, very loose definition of what gameplay is. Yes, we did see some in-engine stuff, but they were more trailers versus what people were expecting when you say we're showing gameplay. Yeah, mm-hmm. some stuff looked like it was the canned animations um, that somebody was hand animating, but use like just pushing go on like the controller animations. If that makes any sense whatsoever, like like uh, somebody pulling the left trigger to aim down sights. That looked like it could have been in game, but it like sure. Um, there were there were a handful of games that they showed in this thing. Um, Bright Memory Infinite. That was the first one. I got very big uh, Killzone Two target render vibes. If uh, anybody remembers that yep. from the PS3 oh, yeah. era um yeah go ahead no no i don't have anything more to say than just yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah the game the game itself looks kind of like that mixed with Bulletstorm, mixed with titanfall in, in some weird ways which it looks interesting but it, it wasn't gameplay um then they then they showed dirt 5 by uh codemasters uh it looks like realistic cars in a slightly uncanny valley uh setting if that makes sense, yep. um, which means we're making progress because it no longer look looks quite video game. It's entering into the uncanny valley, um, if assuming that's true and in engine and everything. Yeah. Um, then they showed scorn, which is this weird organic sexual wetness penis looking stuff. I thought it was an alien game when they were first showing it off, to be honest. Actually, hold on. I need to correct myself. I believe it's H.R. Giger, not Geiger. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'll I'll go look it up. Wasn't that game also already announced like two years ago as well? Yeah, this was it coming back. Yeah. Yeah. 
they, they reannounced it, I guess. Yeah. But that one did. But not it was also just me. a CG trailer as well, so we learned yeah. nothing about what that, the game was. So that was let, absolutely let, not Let's get played. it back. Let's get it back to Unreal Engine Five and a lot on. of what they. T- yep. B- before we get back to Unreal Engine Five, I just want to confirm that it's HR Giger. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, I uh, do want to say I, I want to say the best looking game we've seen from Unreal Engine Five thus far is Hellblade Two. Senwa's was it Sac- yeah. Senwa's Journey or whatever it is. Sac- uh, Sac- Sen- Senwa's Sacrifice. No, Sacrifice no, was no, the first, first one. First one. Uh, Hellblade Two looked amazing when they first showed that off. Like balls to the wall. Oh my god, this is what next gen looks like. And then everything from Microsoft looked kind of meh, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. Senwa's Saga. Thank you, Monarchy. That's it. And. Now, now understanding that yes, Hellblade Two is going to leverage UE Five totally makes sense. Why yeah. that looks so damn good. So, so in this in this UE Five uh, video itself that they showed, like, though, if I w- if I were to pick one thing out of it, um, and I think I mentioned it in our our own private chat about it, um, that that didn't quite look right. That would be like the water, but that's because everything else around it yeah. looked so incredibly good. That the water, it's like, and you could tell they they spent maybe three seconds talking and looking at the water, and then everything else was just you know all the dynamic lighting and the the how the rocks look and all the triangles. The the other interesting thing that came of this is I read after the fact that this was a team of twenty people that worked on this demo for like three or four months. Wow! If that small of a team can put together something like this in that amount of time, Mm -hmm. imagine what a AAA studio is going to do with this engine. Uh, yeah. The other interesting thing I wanted to I wanted to mention is that projects built for Unreal Engine four will be compatible with Unreal Engine five. So it sounds like they're making forwards compatibility a lot easier this go round with Good upgrading to, to the new engine, uh, as well as they've announced that Fortnite will be an initial launch title for the next gen consoles, and eventually will be upgraded to an Unreal Engine five version of Fortnite, as well as making they're waiving all royalties on unreal engine games up to the yeah. first million dollars usd in gross revenue which wow. is just about to get incredible to yeah i saw some people on twitter speaking very highly of this uh, and then finally they announced epic online services a free sdk integration so you can use the epic your epic account to sign in across multiple devices presumably to make cross play a little easier for games in the future but that would be nice honestly all this stuff from epic today was awesome yeah yeah, it's great that Epic's still, like, they're doing things to keep pushing the industry forward as long uh, as well as having the huge cash cow that is Fortnite. Like, I'm glad that Fortnite isn't limiting their creativity and what they're doing. Yep, agreed. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so this came about from, like, if this is what we're getting initially out of Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest, I'm very much looking forward to what the next uh, next few months do, you know, show us. But what we have seen already from Summer Games Fest is or Summer Game Fest, sorry, is the first announced game, which is a remaster of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Okay, hold on. Hold on a second, just a second. I don't want to take away from all of your excitement for this game. I'm sure that it's going to be great, and I'm really happy that you guys are happy. I will say, on a general level, I'm a little bit annoyed by just how many events are happening now throughout the summer. (laughs) So to give a little bit of behind the scenes here, um, you guys, uh, like a couple of days ago, were like, oh man, we should go and totally do a uh, watch along of this announcement. And I was asleep at the time. And I remember afterwards being like, hey guys, I'm sorry I'm asleep. But also, man, there are too many of these events happening right now. I wish that they would consolidate things a little bit more. 
I mean, Jeff Keighley is doing some of that. So the only reason I knew this was happening ahead of time, other than Twitter, is if you go to the Summer Game Fest website, there is a calendar you can subscribe to, and he literally updates it with everything. So today he updated it, adding the Ghost of Tsushima State of Play, which Sony's announced is going to be happening Thursday. Oh, never mind. Well, Don't worry. he can figure his stuff out. Um, so they've announced, yeah, so Sony announced a State of Play focused on Ghost of Tsushima for Thursday. If we have anything we want to add to the show, we will do so here. And if there wasn't anything we really need to add, it's just going to, you know, more Ghost of Tsushima. Great. Game looks awesome. Um, but it seems like Jeff Keighley is trying his best to stay on top of all of this, knowing that things are going to get a little scattered and just trying to consolidate it in one place. So hopefully we can leverage that tool moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can you hear me? So We can hear you. We can't see you, but we can yeah. hear you. Uh, yeah. It looks like my camera's still working, but it's not. It's some Discord just seemed to fail, and then it booted itself right back up. It, so. Is not being able to see AJ mm. the optimal way to deal with AJ? I mean, my profile picture is still there, so you can still kind of see me. Ooh. The problem, too, is we also have these things called audio listeners who have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on right now, and all we're doing is talking about video on Twitch they're never going to see. That's absolutely okay. <laughs> I'll allow Okay. It. So, Tony Hawk. Who is excited for this other than me? Because I know I'm super excited buying this day one. Oh my god, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 are back. I'm so happy. Okay, so... Have they said how much this is going to cost? $40. By the way? It is a four, 40, it's $40 in the US. I think it's 60 Canadian. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Man. It's in line with the Crash and Spyro remasters that came out a few years ago. I thought it might... Yeah, it's done by the last... same developer as uh, Crasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, last annoying question for now. Can you no buy the games separately? No, it's a combined package. No, it is a it is a single package. See, if if I could buy like just uh one or two separately for twenty dollars, I would consider buying it just to try it out and let you guys know what I think. because uh, I don't have much experience with this series and I wanna give it a shot. The nice thing about it, and I would be willing to do this for you, is when you pre order the game, mm-hmm. you get early access to a demo yep. of one of the most iconic levels from the Warehouse. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, which is Warehouse. Mm. So if they mm. make that publicly available, you should definitely check it out. If they don't, either myself or Nathan will have a code for the early access to the demo. I'd be happy to lend it to you so you can see the light and enjoy this sweet, sweet Tony Hawk goodness, especially that soundtrack. And the game is set to launch in early September. I don't know the exact date. I think it's September 5th, but I could be totally wrong. Do we know that the soundtracks are going to be the same as they were in the original games? Because I know that was one of the things people were saying was like, oh, these games might not ever get to be remastered because of licensing so a issues. Lot of, Do we know if the soundtracks Some of the, the songs are going to be there. Not all of them because of okay. licensing issues. They're trying to get as many as they can apparently for it. Um, as well as they're bringing moves from Tony Hawk 3 into 1 and 2. Because one of the problems with 1 when you go back and play it is the manual doesn't exist which was created in number two. Yep. Um, and that was what helped you chain all your combos for long periods of time. So, um, and then the other thing they're adding to one and two that would exist in three is the reverb, yeah. which was introduced in Tony Hawk Pro Skater three, which is another tool to use to chain together your, your tricks. Yep. So that's probably lends itself a bit to why they're like, they're calling it one and two remastered, but the way these games are set up, you can basically just go in and play whatever level in whatever mode. And I'm guessing that that's more along the lines of what we're going to get as opposed to if you look at the Crash or Spyro remasters we got, they were three succinct games within the package. This one sounds like it's going to be a little more blended than 
them that package or those packages. Can I? September 4th. Sorry. Can I tell you about my fears? Hey. 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 AJ's back. Hey. Damn it, he's it's back. A, it's a different camera. I don't know why that shut off, but continue. <laughs> so Victor- Vicarious Visions, who's dealing it, they did the Crash Remaster, correct? That is yes. correct. They did that. And then I think Bob Plays Games did the Spyro Remaster. Okay. Um, so that's a good team. So I'm looking forward to it. However, Activision has already released Tony Hawk HD. Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD back in 2012, which was not good. And it was a remake of 1 and 2, which is very similar to this. And they came up with Tony Hawk 5, which I looked on the PlayStation Store, is still selling for $79, which was a dumpster fire when it came out. So I really hope they have it fixed this time. The big question, though, that came up in the chat from our friend Nate Plays Games, go check him out at Nate Plays Games on Twitch, is PS4 or Xbox One or PC? Where's it going to be? GameCube. You're wrong. Uh, well... <laughs> You cannot play a Tony Hawk game not on a DualShock controller. Oh, yeah. It's, it'll yes, be you PS4. absolutely can. I, you shouldn't. Because, excuse you, Mr. Control Sticks are in the wrong spot. Actually, they are, but the D-pad is perfect. I really like the DualShock for Tony Hawk, but the Dreamcast controller for it is just... Mwah. Can I play it on the Tony Hawk Ride controller? Can, no. I was going to just not. say... I hope so. I mean, if I get it on PC, maybe I can. Dude, I get Jerry. Someone will mod the PC version to to work with the ride controller. I guarantee it. There's another stream. Uh, if, I can, <laughs> if I can somehow acquire one, I still have to do the Steam controller stream. Yeah, you oh, and no. your weird controllers. But before you get to your weird controller streams, what will be streamed in June is an event coordinated by our very own friends over at Kind of Funny and the Media Game Exchange. They're partnering together on what they're calling the Gorilla Initiative. This has nothing to do with Gorilla Games, right? Yeah, I thought that was a weird name. No, it does not. Okay. Even though their logo kind of looks like the Gorilla Games logo. Yeah, very much confusing. Sorry, Gorilla Gorilla Collective Live. My computer is not loading articles. I'm having to load them all on my phone just for clarity. So I'm, I'm a little slower getting to it. I apologize. I thought you were just being rude. Oh, I'm definitely being rude. But it looks like this is going to consolidate a few different things that were planned. So I kind of funny was planning their uh, their E3 showcase of indie games. The PC gaming show is going to be a part of this as well. So it sounds like it's a multi-day event to just bring together a bunch of different uh, outlets and publishers and developers and show off their stuff. And it one more thing to be excited for in early June, June the 6th to be exact as well as Ubisoft has announced their Ubisoft Forward event for July the 12th. So there's where you're getting your Assassin's Creed Valhalla gameplay, not the Xbox event. Sorry I'm to say. I'm uh, displaying on screen a bunch of the games that you can expect to see at the Guerrilla Collective event. Anything stand, stand out to anybody? Uh, hmm. I gotta be honest, not really. <laughs> But, but I'm sure that they'll be great. More than anything, and this is for the Ubisoft event, I hope we get to see some more Watch Dogs Legion, as well yeah. as I'd love to know a release date for that game, because I'm actually really... I'm more than anything, I'm just interested to see, is that game smoke and mirrors, or is it actually legit what, they're, what they've been pushing for it? Because if it's even close to being legit, it could be a game changer in the way that AI and procedural genera- generation is done. I'm really interested in it. Actually, you know what? Uh, so there's a company called Wings Interactive, which is working on a game, or well, collaborating on a game at least, called Later Daters. Uh, this is a game where it's like you're a person that uh, enters into an old resident's home and basically is able to date 
uh, other old people, and I don't <laughs> like really idea. have a whole lot of interest in its subject matter, but if it's coming to PlayStation 4 or 5, you know that it's going to have a pretty easy trophy list. So you and your goddamn platinum I, trophies. I'm hoping that they'll announce the release date for it. I kind of really want to play that now. That sounds excellent. Reminds me of Dream Daddy. Yeah, I was just thinking about Dream Daddy. We're gonna have to take. A, we're gonna have to wait a while to play games like that. But what we're not gonna have to wait for are Nintendo fiscal year 2019 results. Yeah. Nintendo made a lot of money. Who would have thought? Nintendo sold wow. a lot of games. So 18 first-party Nintendo games sold at least a million copies in 2019. It's this is coming crazy. from Nintendo Life's Ryan Craddock. Some of these games like, are games that have been out for the entire generation of the Switch as well. And the fact that they're and still they're, selling this many units is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So the 18 games, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Luigi's Mansion 3, Super Mario Maker 2, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Breath of the Wild, Link's Awakening, Super Mario Party, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Super Mario Odyssey, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Ring Fit Adventure, Splatoon 2, Pokemon Let's Go, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, and Astral Chain all sold more than a million units in fiscal year 2019. How Astral Chain sold that many? Really? Astral Chain and Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 each sold 1.08 million copies in fiscal year 2019. Well, I just bought the Marvel Ultimate Alliance, so I believe that. Yes. It's Do so you think good. that we might yet see a new 2D Mario game in the vein of New Super Mario Bros. U? Or do you think that New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe and uh, Mario Maker 2 kind of close the door on that? I think the door's closed on I think we're more likely to get an Odyssey sequel than we are... Yeah. I don't, I don't, so. I don't think it's time to go backwards to 2D Mario unless it's like a, a throwback level or something like that. If but 2D Mario isn't going back 2d mario has been a staple of nintendo's first party portfolio for the last and that's why we have years. mario maker yeah. if we get a 2d but mario game the they same. need a complete like reinvention of it it can't be the same art style they need to give me yeah they need to do something yeah. different with 2d mario to bring it back and it's not just like a new power-up it needs to be a reinvention of the new super mario brothers franchise or something different well hmm. yeah yeah, I need. I agree with you. It needs to be something different. They need a new art style. They need to bring something fresh to it. But knowing Nintendo, they're going to do it and they're going to hit it out of the park. And it's going to be another they, million oh yeah. unit seller for the Switch. What if they made it out of paper, like a Paper Mario? Hmm. They tried what that on the Wii, and people an didn't like it. It could work. People didn't really like Super Paper Mario, even though that was a mix of 3D and 2D. Yeah, but it people didn't like resonate the, the same Paper way. Mario. I actually like Super Paper Mario. Oh God. So, I like that one too. Yeah. Nate plays games in the Twitch chat. A 2D Mario Cuphead style with that same level of difficulty. Nah, you'll turn too many now. Luck. <laughs> yeah. It needs to be a little more. Ex- I'd love to see it. Don't get me wrong, but it needs to be more accessible. Than I that. would love to see Mario in that art style. Yeah, I think it'd be a fun art style. And don't get me wrong, I want difficult Mario levels because I crave for those, but they need to be like the end game level for like the people yes. who are the best. You want to hear something else that's crazy that came out of this Nintendo fiscal results? Yeah, sure. Animal Crossing New Horizons yes. in like two weeks became the seventh best selling Nintendo Switch title, selling 11.77 million units worldwide. And we all hate it. it. It's what? We, um, <laughs> we're all, we've all enjoyed it. Yeah. 
I think most of us are waning on that, at least on this cast. I know a lot of people are still in there every day. Gary Witt is still making moves. He's got T-Pain on the show tonight. Danny Trejo on tomorrow. Elijah Wood. Dude's killing it. But what's funny about this is when we were were talking a while back, I don't remember if this this was on the show or if it was just us in chat, about where we thought Animal Crossing might fall in the Switch Top 10. And I figured it was going to fall somewhere around, you know, either just above or just below Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu. As of two weeks or three weeks into it being on sale, it's only 200,000 units behind Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Yeah. For seven on the top 10 list of Switch titles. My understanding is it's surpassed the lifetime expectations in the six weeks that it's been out. It's it's blown out of the water. They thought it would sell in the lifetime. Mm. Man, do you, I, do you, I wonder do you if think... Nintendo kicks itself sometimes for not trying to greenlight a anime series in the vein of Pokemon for Animal Crossing. There was a <laughs> Animal Crossing anime movie many years ago that was never adapted into English. I heard about this. And yeah, I, I wonder if that's something that they're like, man, we could have like been that much more popular than we already are today. Yeah. With something of that nature. Yeah. One last thing I want to ask you guys. So right now, Animal Crossing at almost 12 million units. Smash Lifetime is at almost 19. And Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is at twenty, almost 25 million units. Do you think Lifetime, that Animal Crossing could surpass either of those games? Yes. To make it into the number two or number one slot? I think so. I think Smash. I think Smash. I think it'll beat Smash. I think Mario Kart's kind of definitively going to be the top Switch game. I'm going to be interested to see how this sells next month or like what the trend looks like. Cause there's a huge spike just based on the social media push or the, like the, this grassroots campaign that everyone just got really into animal crossing during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see what the sales numbers look like in subsequent months. Cause I don't think it's going to maintain this level of like anyone that wants this game because of what's been going on and the, the social media fervor around it probably already owns it. So I don't know how many more units there still are out there to sell. That's the only thing. We'll see. We will. Uh, And another thing we're going to have to wait to see is the brand new branding around Sony first party games on the PS5, which is going to be known as PlayStation Studios. Did y'all get a chance Uh, to check out that animation? It looks so good. Is this just going to be the Nintendo seal of approval for PlayStation? This is yeah, going to be sim- similar to what Microsoft this. Microsoft last year released this intro cinematic for what is going to be their Xbox Game Studio games of just like, it is a Marvel Studios style reel of Got it. different images in the logo and then the logo comes up. They're doing the same thing here, just branding Sony first party games as PlayStation Studio titles, which I think makes, is going to be great for them moving forward because SIE is like, yeah, it makes meh. It like too uh, corporate. Only dorks like us will know that Sony and PlayStation are the same thing. Yeah. It makes perfect sense to like focus your messaging to just be, hey, no, PlayStation. Don't worry about anything. It's PlayStation. Play it here. It's it's really smart branding. I, I, um, I'm really happy that Ratchet & Clank was included uh, because it means that there's going to be more Ratchet yeah. & Clank going forward. Not necessarily. Probably. It's just there's I, there's I a lot of history there's, behind that franchise. There's there's definitely going to be a new Ratchet and Clank game. The fact that Insomniac has I really hope so. studios and one of them's in North Carolina, is, they're probably the ones making a new Ratchet and Clank. PS5 launch like, game? It's got to uh, be. Oh I my god. Be that would, I, would, I would buy a PS5 day one if there's a Ratchet game. You guys can be, hold me to it. I wouldn't be surprised because the last game that they released was in 2016 yeah. with the Ratchet and Clank from that year. So it's, it's been enough time that 
we could very easily see that from Insomniac. The other so, interesting thing is, what is the? I know that. Sorry, cozy. Just uh, well, me, I just want to say, yeah. I just uh, rewatched the graphic on my screen and let everybody else in the Twitch chat watch it as yeah. well. Uh, apparently, Sackboy was also yeah. displayed in that graphic. Oh, love me some little big. Yeah, planet. I love little big planet. Do we? I mean, do we think that we're going to see a resurgence of Sackboy in some fashion, though? Or yeah, yeah, he's going to be I, made in dreams. I don't think so. I think we've. I, I think what they're going for there is just here are the iconic PlayStation characters you would resonate with, with mm -hmm. showing Ratchet, with showing Sackboy. I wouldn't say it's necessarily indicative of it coming back, but we'll have to wait and see. But most importantly, did they show any PlayStation Battle Royale? Or also, they showed all oh, the best. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, like the definitive PlayStation game. Yeah. Could you call it Battle Royale today? Or would that have to be a completely different game? That's a good point. When, I yeah. never thought when about that. You would have to you would have to rebrand it because it's not a battle royale. Battle royale has changed since that but game. But what done. if Smash Brothers Battle Royale, a hundred players, survival, one stock? Think about it. That is the future of PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. We did it. it is as a battle royale on PlayStation Five launch uh, title. Uh, Lock it in. Real talk. Yeah, you heard it here I, first. I think that Confirm. If they ever make a PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale two, it has to be PlayStation and then a word that's like kind of esoteric but sounds really cool, like PlayStation Solemnity, PlayStation Insurrection, something like that. It, yeah, we'll Anyone? have to. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Cozy this. We'll, we'll workshop it uh, uh, over the break, and we'll. Uh... <laughs> At the very so, least, I think that they need to chat, keep the chat title is saying short PlayStation Infinity, but I feel like Infinity has a bit of negative connotation around video games, with what happened to Disney. So probably want to stay away from that branding for at least the next five or six years. PlayStation but Exogenesis. God damn it! I had the bet. Okay, so if we have Halo to stay away Infinite. from, let's talk about games that are actually coming no, out. Speaking of having to stay away from things for the next little while, here are some things you won't have to stay away from in some new announces and release dates. So Iron Man VR, thank God, yes. has a new release date. It is coming to the PlayStation VR on July third. Thank you, thank you, thank mm -hmm. you, thank you. I cannot wait to just sit down and get lost in that. Uh, the Mafia Trilogy remaster has been teased. We'll probably get more information before this goes live, but. It's set to come to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga has a release date. It will release on October 20th. Yay! Yeah. 500 characters in that one. Do we Honestly, think that, that October 20th release date might coincide with the release of some other Star Wars property? Like, I was thinking a release of a console. Or... Or... I wouldn't be surprised if it was like Mandalorian. Isn't the Mal Are, well, Mandalorian coming out sooner? Mandalorian is... is yeah, I was going to say, isn't that summer? Yeah. I thought it was... I didn't think it was... It might be fall. I don't know. I would have just assumed it would have coincided similarly to how it was last year. Honestly, though, the, the three games we gave dates to today, so Tony Hawk, Iron Man VR, Lego Star Wars, are all probably Game of the Year contenders for me, yeah. at least personally. Those are all games hmm. I'm very, very much looking forward and to. And the year with Cyberpunk, The Last of Us, and others, those somehow yeah. um, speak out to us. They, they come to the top. Yep. Uh, you know what isn't going to speak to all of us because AJ put this in here and I don't know why. The Xbox Game Bar for PC now has a calculator and a web browser just like your PC does. What are they doing, guys? 
Are they mm. testing out new things? Are they going to upgrade operating systems on their next console? Are they, are they playing around with that sort of stuff? What are they doing? What are they doing? It's a sign, guys. It's a sign. And we're moving on I, to... I think it's... they want to get in with the hip and hop teens that want to spell boobless on their Xbox. Hell yeah. And we're moving on from the news <laughs> to It's Raining Deals. I pulled a couple together this week from the PSN Extended Play Sale. A Way Out is on sale for $12, normally 40 and that gets you, you get a buddy pass for that, so you can play with a, a, a friend online without them having to buy without them having to buy the game, which is very cool. That. I didn't either. If you're interested in it, I'm curious if I'm going to pick it up in this sale and find a friend to play it with, so maybe I we mean, could stream it. That would be dope. I mean, <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a way to stream uh, PS4, you, but you know. Yeah, you do. Twitch. I it has built have, in. Oh, I guess, but... <laughs> but then only one of us could stream it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, another highlight is the game I want to pick up for if you have you know loved ones that you want to piss off by playing a multiplayer game together. Duck Game is on sale for six sixty four on the Canadian PSN, down from seventeen fifty. And Undertale, which very rarely goes on sale, is thirty percent off this week as part of that sale. So hmm. if you're interested, go check those out. Undertale worth a play in easy platinum, super easy. Yeah, platinum. I'm thinking about it for that reason. You just have to give the dog money. That's all I'm going to say. That's all you have to do. All the trophies are related to that, if I remember correctly. But it didn't take me long. No multiple playthroughs worth doing. And with that, I think I can, you know, hand the show back over to Alex so we can talk about Halo for the next hour. Okay. Um, so, yeah. We're fi- we finally made it. We're ready to finish the fight. And... Halo is a pretty cool guy, and he doesn't afraid of anything. Am I oh right? Oh my God! You just sent me way back, dude. <laughs> for those who you might are not so sleep deprived. For for those who are not aware of that reference, there was a 4chan post that talked about Halo, and he's a pretty cool guy. He shoots aliens, and he doesn't afraid of anything. What if Metroid was a girl? Um, think about uh, it. So I don't have much to contribute to this discussion because my experience with Halo is very limited. But uh, in a little bit into this discussion, can I read off some of Squirrel King's fanfics on the Halo series? Go for let's it. Get, let's wait and let's get to that. But I, We're I, not getting I, weird I just to said, the end of this. I just said somewhere in this discussion. I'm, I'm not saying right now. We I don't, I don't know what that it. is, but I am very excited about it. Right. I'm not. That's, that's a promise you have made to me, and you can't take it back now. Remember Naked Punch-Out? He brought us Naked Punch-Out. This is not going to end well. <laughs> Are we going to be allowed to stay on Twitch? I hope no. so. So, Halo. It's nice knowing y'all. So, video game rehab for Halo. There is a new Halo game coming out this year, and I, for one, am very excited about it. But I'm also really, really cautiously optimistic about it, because we've yeah. seen literally nothing but two trailers that have no gameplay in it whatsoever. But to reel it back a little bit before we get into what we are hopefully looking forward to with Halo Infinite, I want to ask, because I know it's going to be very limited, what is everyone's experience with Halo? I will start with the obvious answers. Nathan, what is your experience with Halo? Um, What's a Halo? It's a weapon. Um, is it actually? Is it a ship? Yes. I think it's a ship. Isn't it a ship? I thought it's it was the that ring. ring. It's the yeah. ring. Yeah. That, Which is also a weapon. I think I might have played <laughs> huh. it once at somebody's house once. Okay. So very, very, very limited experience to Halo. Yes. Like, And you, you're just kind of generally unaware of it. Like you haven't really like seen any of it. 
any of the games like like i know that there's halo one two three four and five and there's something called reach and another one okay uh i'm aware ODST. of the series i've just never played it um i know that like they had the anniversary correct collection and that kind of came out and wasn't great and they fixed it over time and that's good to hear uh for the xbox mm -hmm. one um like i'm aware of the saga of halo in terms of its releases and issues and what's going on with it but in terms of the gameplay there's a thing called a warthog is it a warthog am i saying that right that you drive yes. around it's there's actually also a, a forge <laughs> yeah. um so like it's very limited it's i give you a lot of deep I, cuts i have a very brief understanding of it. okay so I guess I will jump ahead to Mitch. What is your experience with Halo? This might surprise you, but I actually have played every Halo campaign except for ODST and five. So one of the best ones and one of the worst ones. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, I vividly remember as a kid, I don't remember the story worth a damn, but playing through Halo one and Halo two at my friend's house, neighbor across the street, Big old Duke controller. Oh, oh hell yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we were yeah. rocking the Duke back in the day. Uh, played through both those campaigns co-op, which was a blast. Halo 3. Actually, no. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I actually... I started the campaign of Halo 3 recently through the xCloud beta on my phone. I beat maybe the first level. I need to. I will get back to it. I will let you guys know what I think about that as I play through it on my phone slowly as Carmen takes over the TV. I'm very uh, excited. That is and I cool. actually, I picked up a, and I've never been an Xbox guy, but I owned an Xbox 360 late in the console generation because I had a friend that was so sure that Halo 4 was going to be the next great thing. It was going to be the reason to own this box. It was going to be something that nothing was ever going to compare to the multiplayer experience. And he was, was it? fucking wrong. <laughs> That game was broken as shit. The campaign sucked. Multiplayer barely worked. It was super skewed towards people that had played this game for years. And I'm sitting here as a noob like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, well, it's a good Re thing they Re brought it all around with Halo 5. <laughs> no, they didn't. Uh, okay, Halo Reach was fine. Halo 5 is fine. Um, yeah, we'll get yeah, into so all of that. But that's I've actually. Da I've dabbled surprising. in the series, and I'm 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 honestly genuinely surprised when I thought back on how much I'd played it. That yeah, I've I've been relative. Like another interesting story I have. So in high school, in our programming course, you'd finish your assignments, and then you could just goof off on the computer. I sat with the kids that played Marvel versus Capcom two and Starcraft when we Nerd. got time to goof off Mar yeah MVC and then two. there was the other group of guys that was just playing halo the whole time and i don't know how they got a copy of halo for pc and installed it on a school computer oh i had they that goddamn did school. it i there were people <laughs> oh, yeah. who did that in my high school as well hell yeah all right so, so yeah, that's cozy. my history with halo cozy you you mentioned it very very briefly but just kind of give us a little bit more of what your overall experience is is, is if it goes any deeper than what you've already said I, I really don't have much to say. I played Halo 3 multiplayer at a friend's house a couple of times, and honestly, that's about it. Um, so the thing is, is that originally when I was planning out my streaming plans for 2020, I had plans to basically make it so that every single month I would marathon through an entire video game series from front to back. So for example, in January, I decided I'm going to play through every single game in the Half-Life series. 
Uh, I enjoyed that series quite a bit, but once I came out of it on the other side, I was like, ah, I don't want to do this for the rest of the year. I want to play more games. I want to play things that I actually really want to play. Uh, however, I still have plans to play through the entire Halo series when I get my Xbox Series X when it comes out at the end of the year. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm basically kind of waiting on that. I'm aware that I can play any game in the Halo series right now by just obviously purchasing any of the currently available Xbox platforms or just on my PC. Uh, but I would rather wait for the new console. That's probably a very good way to, to experience it all. And they'll all be ready on Series X when... when yeah, it does like that's my assumption is that like one through five plus six, aka infinite, will all be there ready to go. Yeah. I mean, presumably anything that's... anything that's mm -hmm. um, what What's their whole deal of Smart buying it once, played everywhere? No, uh, play everywhere. Right? Oh, okay, right, yeah. Uh, assuming most of those titles are going to be forward. Well, I mean, everything's everything like the Xbox Series X will be backwards compatible, so you can always just buy a copy of Master Chief Collection through it, presumably. Mm -hmm. But even just playing through it in the XCloud beta, I've had a blast with some of the multiplayer. Um, I started ODST, and it's really dark on my phone, so I said yeah. forget it and jumped into Halo Three at Alex's recommendation and. I enjoyed like the first level. I bumped the difficulty down just, you know, because it's on my phone mm -hmm. and it's been fun. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just goofing off with that when I've got time on the couch, when Cartman's commandeered the TV. Okay. So AJ, this is going to be a very two-sided conversation. Uh, it sounds that way. Yeah. From, from I what will I have things to say. God damn it. Just not related to yeah. plot or story or character or most of it. We, we kind of knew that going in a little bit. Uh, AJ, before I go on my huge sort of ramble, uh, mm -hmm. what is your experience with the Halo franchise? Please take us away. Um, I, I f first eventually got into the Halo series in about 2004 when I finally got access to an Xbox because I was 14 at the time, didn't have money, couldn't do it myself. I was also a GameCube kid. Um, but um, that... You know that that sort of set the the framework for like how I would my taste in games would evolve uh, from then on, and Halo became easily like an instant classic and an instant love uh, of mine. Um, to the point where, not to spoil future episodes of the podcast, I went to the midnight launch for Halo Two, and I went to the midnight launch for uh, Halo Three as well. Um, I bought the, I bought, technically bought two copies of Halo Reach. Uh, one is the big legendary collector's edition of oh, yes. Halo Reach with the big statue with the, the five of noble team on it and the Xbox uh, 360 Halo Reach edition because I had an original launch uh, Xbox 360 somehow that many years after launch Um still running um and i knew i needed a new one so i dropped the money on both of those things um and you know odst i i, I loved and enjoyed i um i also i'm not i don't forgive the flaws of 343 and halo 4 and halo uh 5 but i don't dislike them the way everybody else seems to um the bit, you know, just briefly, my biggest issues with it are they made too much of the story stuff um, trapped in novels outside of the game itself. And that's, like, my oh, biggest yeah. issue. Otherwise, like, there are parts of the story and everything that I'm really down with. 
Um, but yeah, uh, gameplay-wise, it's it's what determined for me that uh, Xbox got it right with the uh, thumbstick uh, layout, Nathan. That's an incorrect <laughs> assessment. But anyways, it's okay to be wrong, AJ. It's okay. Anyway. Well, I, I fully agree with AJ on the, on the use of the uh, thumbsticks on the Xbox controller. And also, a uh, claw method is the only way to play first-person shooters, uh, in case uh, anyone was wondering. Uh, so... I guess it's time sure. for me to... The claw <laughs> method is great. Uh, I, I, it gives your hands carpal tunnel very, very fast, but it's Maybe great. that's why you're, I didn't continue with it. You're instantly better Maybe at Maybe that's game. why I'm struggling playing Halo, because I'm not playing like that. And I'm having issues with the phone grip and the, the controller. It's Fingers are touching when they shouldn't be. So I'm super into Halo. I think we stated this in the show, uh, but uh, just in case you guys, yeah, I'm, I Halo is not just a game series for me, but it was my intro into all the things that I, in some way, shape, or form, I can relate everything that I am, every value <laughs> that I hold as a person, I can wow. relate it back to my experiences with Halo. I am gen, you Ooh. know, you know that Wikipedia game where like you have one topic and you have to try to get to another one in like ten clicks. I can do that with Halo and anything. I uh, genuinely believe that. I have a quick question. Uh huh. How disappointed are you that Cortana integration in Windows 10 is so bad and flawed? that it's not the default uh, uh, technolog- technology assistant that we have. Didn't they remove days. her? I thought they removed Cortana you from You can Windows still 10. activate her. You can no, I thought st- she ditched you in one of the games because there was some issue with viruses and freaking corrupted no, AI she's and all rampant. this stuff. That's the thing. She's the bad guy, right? Yeah. She becomes in, the bad guy, I think. Five. I heard she was a bad Halo guy. I never played five. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, need so cliff notes. Halo, Halo is like my favorite. It's... It is genuinely my first memory playing video games was playing it was driving around the warthog on halo halo has just always been this thing in my life that it got me into and yeah the story is not like the deepest thing ever but it got me into wanting to explore story it got me into it it allowed me to build friendships when i was in while i was in school i was not good at making friends but you know what i was good at playing halo and i was able to relate to other people being like, oh, ODST just came out, let's play Firefight, and it allowed me to build friendships that I had at the time. And so, like, and all of, like, my interest in story came from Halo, then it went to Red vs. Blue, which was a direct, which was directly made because of Halo, and then from there, it, like, it impacted the way that I wanted to pursue what I want to do in life. I want to be able to tell stories and be able to be a part of that industry, and I think I can fully relate that back to both Rooster Teeth and Red vs. Blue and Halo. So, Halo Did you is... discover Kind of Funny through Rooster Teeth? Rooster yeah. Teeth? So, I, I met huh. you guys, I met hmm. you guys through rooster teeth then through halo then through yeah so it's like i can hmm. relate every single thing in my life back to halo in some way shape or form it's we have that, one fewer hosts it's that fundamental to me i love the this game franchise and there's so much about it that is like i keep saying it's so important to me and that's why i really wanted to do this episode was mostly i just wanted to tell you guys that <laughs> uh, more than anything like i love a the lot. games yeah like it really does and i want to like at some point i know that everyone has a thing like this for them it might not be like it might be different in the way that people like 
perceive it, but there is some franchise or something that people hold that dearly to them. And I want to know what your guys is are at some point because it's I like seeing what people are passionate about. I played all the games. I love them. Um, and yeah, I've grew up with them and I continue to play them to this day as they get released on Master Chief Collection. I'm I'm really hoping as the show progresses that we'll each get to do a video game rehab for this series that means the most to each of us. And I think then, yeah, Alex, you'll to yeah. your point, we can have that passionate discussion about the thing we yeah. that got us interested in gaming in the first place. Yeah, because you guys have let me have pretty much both of mine now, which I genuinely yeah. really appreciate. <laughs> you you just seem uh, to really like this format of talking about one thing for a very long time. Yeah, I can. You'd make a good go, YouTuber. I, man, I'm trying. <laughs> No, don't uh, be a YouTuber. Yeah. Be a podcaster with us, goddammit. Uh, You're too talented. I mean, if we lose you, I don't know what we would do. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I want to just start, uh, I guess, with one thing about the Halo games. And I'm going to go straight into the gameplay because I think the gameplay uh, is really important to discuss why it started off such a strong franchise, why it was so good, and why people have problems with 4 and 5. And the biggest thing I would talk about is Halo has a three-pillar system. It's weapons, grenades, and melee. And every game since Halo 2, they've tried to introduce a new pillar, a fourth one. In Halo 3, it was the equipment. So across the map, you could pick up new things like a bubble shield. And you'd have like this one-time use equipment that you could throw down. And it would do a different thing, whether it be like active camouflage, it could be a mine, it could be a flare, it could be like a bunch of different things. And in Halo Reach, they introduced armor locks or armor abilities, where this is where they introduced sprinting. And sprinting is very controversial in Halo. That's why it was optional in Halo Reach, because they were really testing the waters there. Yes. I really wish um, it was there in all the games, because playing through <clears throat> Halo 3 without it feels like a slog. It, yeah. Ooh, no, that is uh, the wrong opinion right there. Sprint. I don't care. Sprint I'm allowed to have the wrong opinion. I when like they sprinting remastered, games. Yeah, when, when they, they remastered some of the earlier Halo games, did they reintroduce like sprinting as no. like an optional feature? They've never. They don't touch any of the any it's, of the mechanics of the games. Yeah, it's only graphical enhancements when they do yes. that. Which um, playing through the the first Halo remastered on the 360 and just being able to instantaneously jump between the retro and the remaster was very cool yeah yes that is that surprise is more remasters cool. haven't done that but yeah i love and like the fact that the music also it changes from the classic soundtrack to the to the updated soundtrack and the updated soundtrack is still good but the classic soundtracks for halo are they are some of the best soundtracks in any game ever. still yes still Marty to O'Donnell, this day, they still hold up marty o'donnell is one of the best game composers of all time yes. and just the iconic nature of every single one of the soundtracks he's worked on you can like it's incredible and each of them have a different tone to them like halo halo 2 is more like rock and metal and halo 3 odsd is more jazz it's just it's so cool how versatile they are while still keeping in the same tone um but yeah so Going back to the pillars, Halo 4 introduced more armor abilities, but they made Sprint a permanent. Yeah, permanent piece of the equation, which, in my opinion, is just wrong. As well, one of the biggest things that people don't like about Halo 4, including myself, is they tried to appeal to the Call of Duty crowd. And that, by, that being in the multiplayer, they introduced loadouts, where instead of the best... Halo is an arena shooter through and through, where 
everyone starts with the same weapons and abilities and it's all about map control and trying to control power weapons and with halo 4 they completely threw that out the window and that's one of the biggest reasons why i dislike that game and halo 5 they decided to add more spartan abilities where they added more mobility as, as long as keeping sprint and you could have jump jets and you can climb stuff and it just continues adding more and more mobility which i just feel like is unneeded and one of the biggest things i would say about that is the map design fundamentally changes because of... This is getting really into the weeds, by the way. Um, That's fine. The, That's the what we design, expected. The map design completely <laughs> changes because of having abil having these abilities and having sprint. Maps need to get bigger to be able to uh, accommodate having sprinting to be able to move faster. And so the maps are actually bigger. And in Halo 3, where there's no sprinting... like Because maps get remade in all of the games... And in Halo 3, a game where you don't have sprinting, you can get around the map a lot faster. Um, you can get to different points in the same map versus in Halo 5, where you have all of these abilities, which theoretically you should be faster. And that's one of the things that I think is a problem with the 343 games. Uh, can I ask a somewhat nerdy and spoilerific question about the story of Halo 4? Do of course. It. Spoilers ahead, everybody. Yeah. Okay, so... Even though I haven't played any of these games, I still do keep up with the story because, you know, like all of you, I like to read nerdy lore stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, previously in the Halo series, um, it was explained that a lot of the technological marvels that are explored in these games were created by a race of aliens called the Forerunners. And up until the release of Halo, Halo 4, the Forerunners weren't really seen directly. And then in Halo 4, they introduce a Forerunner who you are in direct conflict with yep. and some a lot of like the mystery is sort of rubbed away mm -hmm. and i want to know like how do you personally feel about that and how do you how does like how did the rest of the halo community feel about that were they like oh wow it's really cool that we're getting to be properly introduced to the forerunners or were they like mm, it would have been better yeah. if they had kept the mystery more alive yeah so in I'll, I'll just be real quick, and then I'll sure. let you jump into it, uh, yeah. Alex. Um, yeah, yeah, take, yeah. The, go, go for it. I, I think I hold a general, generally the same opinion when it comes to that section of it. Um, specifically, like, the Forerunners were such a cool idea, but they didn't implement it properly because anything that anybody could ever know about them is all contained in the books, just out of nowhere, suddenly, oh, there's this Forerunner guy, and uh, he's a bad guy. So you like, oh, have, uh, have fun, you know, chasing him down. And, like, what? At, at some point in Halo 4, you meet, like, the librarian. Oh, and yeah. yeah, and it's just, like, a big 10-minute lore dump. Like, not even, not even in a good, like, Metal Gear Solid kind of lore dump way. It's just a... Oh, this happened, and then this happened because this, so we're going to do that, and then you need to stop this guy because he's a bad guy, and he wants this. Go. And it's just like, uh, okay, I'm just going to follow the linear path, I guess. Uh, Halo 4 has a big problem when it comes to just the way that they decided to tell their story and all of these things. And I think the librarian is one of the biggest problems in that game because she's, yeah, like you said, a lore dump character who inexplicably comes into the series uh and then also like one of the biggest things is like she evolves master chief's dna so that he becomes a new form of human so that he can't it just it's too 
explain the MacGuffin of the Didac, who is the villain, which is also a very dumb character, um, to explain what he can do, and then as well make it so, oh, okay, he's a real threat to everyone but you. He can insta-kill everyone. It makes him a big bad threat, except for Master Chief, because Master Chief can't just die instantly. Um, from from the chat, are you sure you're not just reading fan fiction, Alex? Oh, because that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like they went way off the rails with all of these yeah. later Halo games, and yeah. need to just get back to what Halo was at I its thought, core, or yeah. just forget about it. Leave like, no. just end the series. Figure what out a way to finish it off. Yeah, I I have a big problem with Halo Four more than five, honestly, and the reason why five is bad is because it had to follow up Halo Four. But yeah. I think fundamentally the biggest problem with Halo 4 and its storytelling is the way that they handle Master Chief. Master Chief is a vessel for the player. I, I'm more than positive. Like, he is a vessel for the player. He gets to have these cool one-liners, and that's about it. He doesn't really have a character. And the start of Halo, th the end of Halo 3 and the start of Halo 4, Master Chief is essentially the same person because he goes into cryo sleep, so he doesn't get to have a character arc. I actually have this really cool video idea that I've been working on that I wanted to the beginning of God of War like God of War does what Halo 4 should have in the sense of the way that they take this character who is a legacy character who has this very ingrained personality and they slowly change him throughout the course of the game instead of because the biggest thing is Master Chief doesn't talk unless he needs to he says what he needs to say and that's about it but at the beginning of Halo 4, he says more words in the beginning of Halo 4 than he does for the entire first mission of the first Halo game. He says more mm. words in the first 15 seconds of that game than he does in the entire first mission of Halo. It's just, I think that they didn't understand what made Master Chief cool. And so they just kind of went from there. And they, I like the idea of making Master Chief more of a character, make him have this relationship with Cortana but they just, they jumped the gun on it too much, and you could tell that they were kind of just rushing into Halo head-on instead of actually, like, properly developing this do you story. Think any, do you think any of this can have to do with the fact that it did transition from being a Bungie title to 343? Oh, because I, I feel like you're when you, when you have a group come to a property that they're fans of themselves they've probably been thinking and dreaming of years of what they would do with the character with the story with the with the worlds with all of it with the narrative do you think mm -hmm. it's just a, a case of over indulging into some of this fan fictiony level of storytelling and they really should try to just figure out what makes Halo work fundamentally and get back mm -hmm. to that did I didn't a lot of the original uh, bun like Halo Bungie people like Frank O'Connor yeah. uh, and a, a bunch of other people like just transition over to three four three because they still wanted to keep making Halo while Bungie went on to make Destiny. Yeah, there was there was a good amount of people from original. There's like Bungie a very a very good amount of people. Yeah, but then who, who did that? Yeah, but like then it was still kind of I think. Halo 4 was also very rushed as well because they formed the studio in 2011. No, it might have been 2010, right as Bungie was finishing Reach. And then immediately, like two years later, they, they put out Halo 4. And so Halo 4 was also very much rushed. And I think it was kind of a test bed to see what 343 could do. Um, and I think, yeah, like what AJ was saying, they kind of... they. It feels like what the Star Wars problem is, is that they just kind of leaned way too heavily in the lore 
and they kind of just forgot what made these stories special in a lot of ways. They kind of just, they indulged themselves too much in pulling from the extended lore that clearly they're all fans of, but they didn't think about what about, how do we actually tell this story in a way that makes it not just enter, like entertaining as well as can be deep in the this lore. Yeah, I like I said a couple times, the stuff that's like contained in the books, they just tried to like condense it all down into a big one big lore dump and then put it into Halo mm. Four. Um, yeah. I think personally, like the master, like yeah, develop Master Chief as a character. Um, that's fine. You know, I can sep- I can like I can still continue uh my, my my love f- for the game and stuff like that through the character of uh the master chief um it doesn't necessarily have to be me in that regard um and like i think if they had stuck to like it maybe it maybe the the story of halo 5 where spoilers um cortana has finally gone uh, gone into full rampancy and has become the villain of the story but put that into halo 4 maybe that would have been a better uh direction to go with the entire trilogy but i'm not i'm not exactly sure how you would necessarily do that earlier because in order to get to that point you need that one big moment at the very end of halo 4 with uh master chief and cortana and so, you know the one I'm talking about. I don't want to spoil too much if I don't have to, but... It's that moment, like, the the Cortana story in Halo 4 is the only part of that game that I genuinely believe is worth anything. I think it's... the rest of that game can be completely thrown out. Um, every aspect of it, not just, like, yeah. not just the story, but the game itself. It's not a good Halo game. It was trying to be Call of Duty, and I just... I don't know, which is so weird and is so strange because Halo 5 has a very similar problem where the story sucks, and it's because they had to try <laughs> to follow up with with um, what they did in Halo 4. Oh. As well, they also just completely... They also just completely false advertised what the game was going to be about, which is a very... Like, there were all of those yeah. trailers that came out about Halo 5 Guardians that was going to be... Um, that was going to be your like hunt for the master chief and all of that. Yeah. And n- almost none of that actually panned out. Well, so, yeah. so go ahead, go ahead. Cozy. Sorry. I, I haven't been talking in 10 minutes and I'm yeah. beginning to <laughs> split apart. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. It happens sometimes. Explode um, my sir. The TV series or YouTube series Wait. or there was a series. Halo legends. Halo. Forward there, were, un, there was Forward Unto Dawn, which was there the was also a live podcast action. As the po- well. the first season of the podcast is very good. Yes, they screwed it up. Uh, uh, Hunt the Truth, I believe it was yes. called. Yes, the second. I, I'm just referring to the live action series. Oh yeah, yeah there was a Nightfall. Forward Unto Dawn. Yeah, it was oh, no, Nightfall yeah. with Nightfall. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was the guy who played. Uh, it was Mike Coulter who played Luke Cage. He played uh, Locke. He also is yeah. the face um, yes. for Locke. How did you feel about that series? And do you feel like watching that series makes Halo 5 more palatable? Um, I feel like the budget for that series got cut really quickly yeah. for some there reason. Some, when there were the some Xbox cool ideas in it. Like the Hunter Worms, you actually get to see those. 
because yeah. one of the one of the iconic enemies from the covenant are like these it's these bundle of worms that form this sentient being that's supposed to be like covered in armor it's supposed to be one of like the heavies and you get to see like the individual the individual worms if i'm not mistaken it's been so long since i've seen it because i've kind of tried to I, Locke is such a lame character that i kind of tried to block a lot of the stuff out from him yeah it yeah that game would have been great if it if they had taken the lock side of things out and it was just you following blue yeah. team the fact through. that yeah the fact that blue team you only play as them through maybe uh not even a third of this five hour long campaign yeah is like, yeah, the game is it's absurdly not even, short. You're split between these two teams, and it's not even split 50-50. You're playing yeah. less time as the Master Chief, the Halo guy, the Halo man. You're playing less time as him than you are playing as, as the the people you don't that really care about. seems like a about. problem. Yeah, literally there's one, there's one person, and it's Nathan Fillion on... Yeah. What was the his team called? I don't even remember. It doesn't uh, matter. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But yeah, like Nathan Fillion is the only character on that team, and it's because he appeared in one of the Bungie games. Mm-hmm. Or two of them, I can guess. I, can I make a couple of points? Go for uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Go for First, it. First, where is the Steven Spielberg Halo series? Who knows? It, it Talk kind to of just, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it literally just disappeared into the ether. Secondly, mm-hmm. to fact check a little bit from earlier on the history of 343... They were founded in 2007 when Bungie announced oh, their okay. independence from Microsoft. They didn't oh, actually okay. start developing on the series until um, uh, where is they this took over. Here? I think in 2011 when uh, they so they took over when... servers and data in March 31st on March 31st of 2012. Oh, they okay, began wow. development on Halo 4 in 2009, and that released in September of 2012. So roughly three years of development. Okay. Where in that time they also released. Halo Waypoint, and worked on the Halo Legend or no, um, the Halo Legends anime series, mm-hmm. as well as hiring a bunch of developers from Pandemic Studios when they went under, mm-hmm. and they worked on the remastered version of Halo Combat Evolved, which released in 2011. So they were doing a lot of stuff at the same time before they released Halo Four. Okay, yeah. so yeah, that that gives that's a little bit that's a little bit. Uh, Give them a little bit more credit than, than I Looks like was. we might have some more updates on this Halo series. Oh, it's oh, really? Monarchy in the Twitch chat saying it, it looks like we might see it in 2021. Right, because I remember they were doing casting for it, and there was a lot of controversy over the Commander Keys uh, casting because he's black now in the in the show, which, like, okay, who cares? Um, it seems like the guy that they... I, I, Remember, there was like this weird controversy about it, but yeah. yeah. So it was originally announced in 2013 that 343 would be working on a live-action TV series with being produced by Steven Spielberg, and it is now scheduled to release in early 2021, according to Deadline in August of 2019. I would watch it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I hope that it could be good because there is a lot to the Halo lore that is super interesting. Um, it would. I, I think it would all depend on where they would pick it up. One of the biggest problems that I've had with the story of Halo 4 and Halo 5 is, though the Covenant are in it, they're not really in the forefront because 343 wants to try to push their new character, or their new um, enemy faction, where the Covenant are kind of almost perfect in, like, like they've got the Grunts, you've got the Jackals, and you've got the Elites, and the Elites are just kind of, like, the definitive... The- main antagonist yeah the well 
so the the issue that you kind of run into with the covenant is they've been there for every single halo game right yeah because they're perfect they're the definitive halo enemy but then it's like it's a double-edged sword because like you need to introduce something new Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. need to change it up but and they tried, how do you do that? And they tried it, doing that in Halo 3 with the Brutes. They, yeah, but the Brutes were really just glorified um, elites. elites. Yeah. And they were different in... They, they had different AI patterns, but that... And they and they were a little more uh, run at you straightforward uh, rather than tactically hiding behind cover mm-hmm. or like the elites would. But, you know, it, it you have to change something up and like... It was very, it's very difficult to do that when you already have what is theoretically the perfect combat enemy in yeah, in a game like that. So I want to steer this conversation now that we've kind of we went hard in what Halo is as of right now. Um, I do want to start to steer it towards Halo Infinite because. Halo Infinite is supposed to come out this year. It is supposed to debut with the Xbox Series X. That is what Microsoft has continuously said. Who knows if that's going to pan out? I'm still a little skeptical, but I feel like it kind of needs to. It can needs I, to come out with the Series X. Can I say, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not skeptical it's going to release with the Series X. I think we're getting towards more game announcements and game reveals happening closer to when the game is going to launch, which I'm mm-hmm. actually more of a fan of. Hold on to your detail. Hold on to the details of the game until we get closer to launch. Don't yeah. announce it three years out like they did with Halo Infinite. Yeah. Do something yeah. like what Assassin's Creed is doing. They announced the game in June. They're probably going to show it off in July or in May. What month is it? It's May. So they announced the game in May. They're going to show it off in July, and it's going to come out in the fall. Not not to uh, complete. It's tangentially related, but Bethesda recently, like in the last couple of days, went through this very similar thing where like two years ago now they they just put up a title screen and said hey yeah. elder scroll 6 yes we're working on it you guys can shut up now we're that was a mistake that in itself was a mistake because oh hey you said the thing uh what's happening with it and then they had to come out um uh, i'm forgetting the the man's pete name hines. Pete, hines, pete hines yeah, yeah. he had to come out and and address it directly to a fan which i'm really a, a, a big fan of this in kind of interaction was just like hey listen we're doing starfield first and mm-hmm. you know we're we're gonna do that first elder scrolls will come after but don't i i did have this relax. pulled as a news article to pull to put into the doc and decided not to but it naturally came up in conversation but i i do feel like we're getting to a point where announce yeah. your game closer to release i'm fine yeah. with that yeah mm-hmm. don't announce it hold on to it for three and a half years and then show it off yeah so I don't, I, I don't have any doubts Halo Infinite is going to come out and probably be very good, if not great. But it would have been better if they held on to that. And Imagine if they hadn't announced Halo Infinite in July. We get the first party reveal of all the major Microsoft Game Studios games coming to Xbox Series X. And they drop a Halo Infinite gameplay trailer and say, day one. The, here's, your, here's the launch date of the Series X. Here's when Halo Infinite's coming at the same time. Wouldn't that just have blown your apps? Like, it would have blown your mind. Yeah. It would have. I do have to say, though, the original trailer for Halo Infinite did blow my mind. 
when they showed it at first it wasn't clear exactly what game it was then you're kind of like oh is this halo this kind of is starting to look like halo and then it's the pullback onto the master chief helmet and it's the original art style of master chief's helmet i i remember at that e3 i was yelling with pure joy Yes, I've had to wait two years before even having still seen nothing of the game, but that trailer was very, very well executed. I still even think that the Discover Hope trailer from last year was really, really well done. It sets the—I think more than anything, that trailer has set the tone of what 343 is going to be going for, and I think it's all with the name Discover Hope, and I'm really hoping that that's what the sort of the, the view that 343 is going at with making this game. So on the subject of names and rehabilitation, what is the purpose behind calling this game mm-hmm. Halo Infinite? Is this something that they've kind of publicly discussed? Are they trying to, you know, call it something that's not six because, you know, research has shown that people are less <clears throat> likely to go into a series for the first time if it has a very long number at the end of it? Or are they trying to signal this is like the part of a new saga? Uh, more than just that it's probably a mix of all that but also um in halo 4 the um the human uh freighter ship that uh frigate ship that um you kind of reside on is uh called the infinity Mm. okay and um yeah and like even to the point where the the multiplayer got kind of rebranded in a lore way as a training exercise and it was you know you know the your typical deathmatch in halo is called slayer and it just Mm -hmm. all got rebranded to like infinity slayer um and so and that carried on into halo 5 as well so why not call it infinity i do believe that I'm not sure why they specifically chose Infinite versus Infinity, but I do believe that this is the this is to show, especially hardcore fans, this is kind of a this is a uh, a soft reboot in a lot of ways. It's going to still technically take place after Halo Five Guardians, and you know that because you see the Halo ring that if you beat the legend if you beat Halo Five Guardians on Legendary, you see that Halo ring with like the big hole in it. You see it at the end of the game, but this is to it's showing, yeah, we're doing something we're doing something new with this. This is going to be this isn't what came before. This is something new. At least that's what I'm hoping with. Is it expected that most of this campaign will be you playing as Master Chief, or do you think that it's gonna be very split up and segmented? I'm it, hoping it's Master yeah, Chief. The it, fact that they've only been it showing has him. To be. The fact that they've only been showing him, they got so much feedback. Yeah, uh, with playing as uh, they, whatever that team was with Locke on it. Over the Osiris. Osiris, that yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. it. Yeah, uh, that was locked Fire away somewhere yeah. back there, and it just... Fire, <laughs> Fire Team Osiris, yeah, that was yeah. it. Um, no, it, it, over the years since the game came out, it sounds like they were very, they have been very receptive. Like, for example, think back to Halo. Like, even if you haven't played a lot of it, one of the things you think of is of halo is like especially classic halo is the the old-fashioned uh bring bring your xbox and a tv over to your friend's place and have a land party with a whole bunch of people hook 16 xboxes up right that's something it's a moment that you think about with halo in halo 5 there was no split screen for the first time ever in a halo game yeah because now they did say it was because they were prioritizing frame rate 
and they mm -hmm. wanted to make sure that experience was consistent on the Xbox One for everybody. But at the same time, you could not have a split-screen moment where you just hand somebody a controller and just play the game for fun like you used to. Like, they yeah. took so much of what made Halo Halo out of it. Yeah, split-screen was always such a big part of those games for me because i always played halo and halo 2 with my bigger brother and we would do like the 1v1s like and because i never played halo 1 and halo 2 on well halo 1 you couldn't play but halo 2 on xbox live i would only be playing against him or we would play, be playing the campaign in co-op there was so many things and it, it then did go into the other games as well but that's always been such a huge part of halo's identity that it very much lost I also, we, we got to write in on Twitter and you can write into any of our shows at twitter.com slash press YYZ. If you have anything you want to add, we usually tweet out the topic of the show in advance. So you have a chance to interact with us. Uh, Monarchy, who's been a staple tonight, Who writes in about fond, his fond memories of Halo Reach with friends back in the early to mid 2010s. Favorite memory, like similar to yours, Alex, was 1v1s with a friend's little brother. Melee only, seven wood, which is a giant golf club melee weapon. <laughs> mm-hmm would win 11 to one and that kid would get pissed and accused him of cheating. And it was just good times. Uh, yeah. The, uh, like I got to admit the custom games in Halo, like we're kind of going back to, uh, but the custom <laughs> games in Halo three, it's and your Halo conversation. Reach, do what you want with it. The, the custom games in Halo three and Halo reach. And this kind of goes into what Monica was talking about are, were some of the most in-depth customizations that you can have. You could change so many details about mm. those games you could change how every player's health was you could change the gravity you could change weapons you could change and the fact that forge was in the game and forge for those who might be unaware is a tool that you could do where you could make your own custom maps and you can add so many details whether it be environments and or like objects in the environment you can mm -hmm. add where weapons are and you can add structures there was so much to it that games now don't even have and halo 3 was so ahead of its time when it yeah, came out absolutely. it still kind of is the fact that i'm sorry i gotta just say the theater mode in halo 3 is still something i never see in games at all these days the yeah. fact that it would save your game data to a point where you could literally view matches from every possible angle it wasn't just locked mm -hmm. to whatever your perspective was it was literally you could see every single you can see something from every single possible angle and you can completely change the camera. It was one of the most interesting things I've ever seen in a multiplayer game that just, it's nowhere to be found now. I have, we have an entire genre that wouldn't exist without that mode. Yeah. Like machinima yeah. as content would not exist. Twitch streaming probably wouldn't exist if it weren't for Halo having theater mode and people yeah. creating these bootleg DVD or VHSs of their Halo gameplay and just sending it out yeah. to friends and stuff. That was the original Let's Play. And there the thing... Yeah, go ahead. No, to think, uh, Rooster Teeth and RVB did that without a theater mode, too, yeah, uh, which inspired the theater mode so people could do that more easily, and then it just sort of fizzled yeah. out and disappeared. Yeah. I was still kind of amazed. I remember one time walking into a DVD Blu-ray store and seeing, like, a Blu-ray of uh, Red versus Blue yeah, on a I shelf. Literally all of them over there. <laughs> wow. I have all of them on blu-ray but also another thing that i loved about halo 3 was specifically the way you could share 
every single thing about that game to other players as long as you had a hard drive associated with your xbox 360 you mm-hmm. could save game modes you could save screenshots you could save video files and then these video files people could view from other angles as well there's so much about it you could save completely get you could save maps you could save game modes there's so much about halo 3 that just is i feel like is missing there's so many community features that are completely missing but one thing i really wanted to highlight and one thing that makes me very confident in 343's ability is last year they announced for the Master Chief Collection for Xbox One that legacy Halo 3 and Halo Reach Forge and custom games maps could be transferred to the Xbox One, which I didn't think was ever possible. And the fact that they made an effort to actually do that and to allow people to have that legacy stuff to be able to be brought into these it brought into the the most recent versions of the games is something that w- nobody nobody was asking for nobody thought was even possible and the fact that 343 did it makes me hopeful that they're listening yeah it's i'm hopeful that they're listening to that sort of stuff too but i hope they take a step back to do it correctly because we don't need another master chief collection launch yes. to happen again that it like in overall rehab talk video game rehab talk like that's what they need to do first one step at a time don't rush it out the door because we have to do this thing like they were in a in a real bad situation because that came out in 2014 um Mm -hmm. which was a year after the xbox one launched which was about six months after um the whole tv tv (laughs) tv tv debacle of yeah. that e3 mm. they're and still so recovering from that. St- they still have yet to recover they have turned the yeah, ship they're around trying. they're they're trying, got but... their foot on the gas and then you know they just accidentally you know fell and ate shit this last week but then you know they're gonna i'm sure they're gonna pick their themselves up and continue moving forward but yeah um i tim gettys from the kind of funny games cast made the best Never possible yeah i know fucking nobody um he made the best point about Halo. <laughs> where's Infinite. good underwear though oh yeah um but he made the best possible point that about the mentality that microsoft and 343 must be having with this game is because halo used to be the king it used to be the king of like of first person shooters it used to be like it used to be the xbox game and now it's kind of it's only really the only people who who think of it still like that are people like me who like have that legacy memories of it where microsoft and 343 need to be looking at this game like this needs to be the definitive halo game otherwise halo is finished like but halo won't be able to recover from that it needs to be that like it needs to be that masterpiece that halo 2 was that masterpiece that halo 3 was and i feel like if they deliver anything less and maybe that's just me setting the expectations way too high for myself but (laughs) (laughs) i'm fully aware that i'm kind of doing that but like i feel like they they need to know how important this game is for the future of alex I've, i've been pretty quiet i've got a question for you do we need a halo right now or does it need to sit dormant longer because you're you're talking that's, you're talking that's a lot about what this needs to be right now, and maybe do we need mm-hmm. a Halo right now, or do they need a new IP and give Halo a longer break? See, this is kind of the amount of time between Halo Five Guardians and Halo Infinite is now has been the same amount of time since God of War Ascension to God of War, and I feel like that 
like I feel like Halo Infinite needs to be like God of War, I think. And I I I feel like it's been long enough and the way that they've they've shown that this game I don't know. Maybe I'm just like so hopeful about it that I can't think of not having it. Rose-tinted glasses. I yeah. could I could see if I, and I think it's hard for me to think about it like that just because I've known about this game for the last mm-hmm. two years and I've been anticipating it for so long that I can't think of Halo not not being on the forefront of like my yeah. most anticipated and games. I, I, I think that's part of the problem, yeah. honestly, is they announced it too far out. Yeah. Right? It, it gave you time to set unrealistic expectations, whereas yeah. we've had other games come out since then. You've had a revolution in the genre with the Battle Royale game type. And we do see that, I mean, right now, the current king of shooters is Call yeah. of Duty Warzone, I would say. I don't think anything else yeah. tops it right now. So my question for you, do you think Halo brings the Battle Royale? Yeah. Could they do I it? I think, I okay. I Could think they do it? There's, Probably should they do it is my question. Ooh, I see. I don't know. I think they could do something kind of cool. Like, the fact that the Halo ODST drop pods, that could be the way you enter the map. That could be yes. really cool. Um, a huge a huge halo map one of the things is halo is halo already kind of has some of the dna of a battle royale in the sense that it's uh everyone starts with the same things and it's all about map control um though with battle royales it's kind of randomized of what spawns where but i still think that there's still some of that dna in there i would be interested i hope that they wouldn't be focusing hardcore on it but i would be open to it I wouldn't immediately say this isn't Halo. Get it out of here. I would. <laughs> I, I would definitely like. I would be open to it because I think. I just. I hope that it's not the priority. I hope that they don't try to make it the priority for Halo when it clearly isn't. Because that didn't work last time when they tried to focus on the class-based systems of Call of Duty in Halo Four. I just let Halo be Halo. And anything else you add on top, like have a good Halo game first, and anything you add on top of that is just extra. It's just gravy at that point, yeah. Yeah. I have one final question for the night. All right. Earlier, we brought up God of War 2018. We've talked about how Master Chief's character in Halo 4 is kind of a far cry from the character he was in Halo 1 through 3. Do we think that halo can exist without master chief do you think that the series can transition over to a new main character and do you think that this would benefit it i Mm. think it's i think it's possible i mean halo wars for what it was was good halo reach um didn't it it had the 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 faceless uh main protagonist that was you Um, same thing with odst as well yeah same thing with odst um so it is it is possible. Um, I would be interested in seeing something, you know, kind of along those lines where, um, you know, put like let me let me be in the game again, but let me fight, you know, alongside a Spartan as a regular ass human dude and see what happens from there. Even for a level, let me see see what that looks like. Give me a taste of that. I want to, that's like I want to see that sort of like difference. If if it's to go that direction and be different enough, that's kind of how I want it would want it I to go. I think the best example of something like that in a game now is actually in Titanfall 2. At mm-hmm. the beginning of Titanfall 2, you you're just kind of a regular ass dude and it's not very long into the game before you get all the the jump gear of a pilot, but it still is yeah. kind of like a 
it lets you at least experience what you what it was like before you had this and now you have these new you have these new abilities you have this new like way of of playing the game and so if they did do that with halo that could be an interesting that could be interesting but i i do believe that like what aj was saying i do believe that you could have a halo game without master chief i think don't do the halo 5 approach where you kind of have him in a little bit it's either Mm -hmm. you got to go if he's in the game he's got to be the main focus if he's not in the game then bring something new and i think one of the biggest yeah biggest things about odst sorry odst reach was that all the supporting characters around um all the supporting characters around noble six and the rookie were interesting yeah you have that yeah yeah, but but like yeah it, it's either all of the chief or none none of the chief but when there's like none of the chief like the parts that are like for example halo to com- the the comparison uh, you can make with uh, halo reach is it is the uh story wise this isn't qualitative yeah. nathan uh it's the <laughs> um rogue one to a new hope Right. Except it's good. right. That's how it fits in. Rogue Wait, One is a good movie. God damn it! <laughs> All right, guys, I'm not. But I'm not we're we're get getting into it. sidelined. Um, but yeah, no, like, um, you have that, and then you have ODST where he's not in it, um, but it t- it takes place during like a big moment in Halo Two. Yeah. So that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. In, in a different location, and you see from a different perspective, kind of a cutscene from Halo Two, but from a different perspective, and then you're playing the game. Yeah, it strikes me that in a perfect universe, three four three Industries might have liked to have had Halo Four start an entire new protagonist and have the this trilogy of games be set up yeah. and centered around this protagonist. But the pull to have the series continue starring Master Chief was too great for branding reasons and they kind of had to go with that but yeah. that's just speculation on my part i mean yeah. the chief is one of the most iconic game characters of all 100%. time and yeah. unless you're putting another character in that same suit it's not gonna have the same impact culturally if that game comes out without master chief being involved but i think, I think nate in the chat i just want to say nate in the chat has it totally perfect halo infinite it's going to be a game as a service that's why it's named what it is it's going to be the only halo game you get for the next 15 years and you're going to love it alex god damn it <laughs> I mean, I'm really into Destiny right now, so, you know, maybe. It's possible. <laughs> can it, can it I totally make a is. Halo pitch as somebody who's never played a Halo game? Do it. Of course, Okay. Yeah. What about a I spinoff game where it's called Halo, the Master Chef, and it's a dating sim slash chef simulator where you go on dates and you make food with uh, your dates? What like kind of every food? type of food. You experiment with I mean, many, think... many different types of food. I was going to say, you're saying 343 is going to give us the Cooking Mama yes. game we cannot get? You get the Cooking Mama. <laughs> you get some okay. dating I'm simulator down. action in there. Master Chief can hook up with a few ladies or men. You know, we don't know. Do we know? Does he just like computerized robot programs? Is there other things out there? So he can, exp- Ro- yeah, he can explore no. all the different uh, things that he could explore. Aliens. Um, you have different alien food. I mean, this sounds like a win-win-win. I'm in. I would love it. We got to go pitch yeah. that to three four three. You put I, Halo I'll, on the box, I'll probably buy it. Let me so, talk yeah. to Phil yeah, Spencer. We'll get him on the phone. <laughs> I've got Bonnie Ross on st- on speed dial, and I'm ready. <laughs> but regardless of what Halo's future is going to be, it's burning, at least in my mind, brighter than ever. At least with my hope for it. 
And I hope one day we will be able to discover hope in Halo Infinite when it releases in November. But I do want to make the promise before we wrap the show up completely is when the Halo Infinite gameplay reveal, whatever it looks like, be, I will, me and definitely AJ uh, and anybody else who wants to join us, will do a second helping of what our opinions are going to be because I want to just talk about I think at that point we'll probably be live reacting to the thing. I'll I'll join you on the cozy cam. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So look forward to that in July when we see Halo Infinite and all the other Xbox first-party games. But until then, you can follow us on... Well, actually, let's just get to what the next... Uh, next week's episode is going to be. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead a little bit just because it's I'm so a little sleep deprived. It's fine. Dude. Yeah. Um, so next week, uh, AJ is going to host for the Ooh. first time ever, hey. and it's going to be about general hype and midnight launches for games in a roundtable discussion. So you can follow us live when we tweet out. Uh, if you want to input in the show for next week, you can tweet at us at PressYYZ on Twitter. Um, and Gmail, uh, and, it's pressyyz oh, at gmail.com. Yeah. Forgot we had a Gmail. Um, and because <laughs> no one uses is there, it. Is there anything else for YYZ? Uh, twitch.tv slash pressyyz. You can catch us live recording every Wednesday at 8 Eastern. Yes. Uh, and thank you to everyone who hung out with us tonight while we recorded. If you don't watch us live and you still want to support the show, uh, just go drop a follow on the show on Twitch. You don't have to watch us, but the follow really does mean a lot. Uh, that's, I think, it for the show. Also, Final Fantasy VII Remake spoiler cast is up. Yes, the Final Fantasy VII spoiler cast is up as well. Thank you for listening. This has been every week when we get to record this show. I'm sorry, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but I just want to say every week when we, okay. every week we, do when it we get at the end. to record this show, it means a lot to me, especially right now in the whole circumstances <laughs> of not having really anything else to kind of be able to stimulate myself. And so I, I would just want to extend a thank you to everyone who listens to this show and also to my four other co-hosts because this has meant more to me than I could have possibly imagined. So thank you guys. If you made it this yeah. far, thank you. Absolutely. It's the highlight of my week. Every week, I'm going to look forward to this, whether we're in Mm -hmm. quarantine or not. You guys mean a lot to me having this time to talk. We could be talking to nobody, and I'd still have a blast. I'm glad there are people here. In fact, we did that for like three episodes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I echo your sentiments completely, Alex. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at blatantly underscore Alex and on Instagram at blatantly Alex. Mitch, where can people find you? Everywhere, Mr. Mitch George, Twitter, Instagram, PSN, GG. If you're on GG, you want to follow where my game progress and things, cool. that's another place Forgot where I am that user. <laughs> oh, uh, AJ, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me all over the internet uh, at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. Nathan? Uh, follow me at the underscore nmac on Twitter and check me out on ps4blog.net where I do reviews and as I mentioned earlier uh, I just went live with uh, Super Mega Baseball 3 uh, f- my review should have gone up today it's excellent go play it it's super fun and the l- and as well the <laughs> latest and greatest where can people find you Cozy <laughs> for a second I was going to be like latest and greatest That's he's really tired nickname. he's super sleepy uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Kuzina. Uh, I'm also going to be streaming on my personal Twitch channel, uh, Cozy Bear Live, in just about 10 minutes. I'm going to be continuing to play through uh, Batman the Enemy Within, the oh, Telltale game good. series. And then after that, some more of God of War 2018. Ooh. So please go and check that out. 
You're in for a good time on both of those games. And with that, thank you for playing. Go get some sleep. Go go to bed. We'll try. Yeah. I want to go play Please Halo. Please go and get but some sleep. But you should sleep. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>